What makes somebody mm. a good life coach? Why is authenticity so important? Well, how do you prevent that from depressing you? Everybody's different. Nobody's right. Yeah, that's it. Let's do it, man. Let's so, right. Coach Mike. Yes. Coach Mike. What's happening, man? So happy that you are here I'm in sauna to, sessions. I'm happy to be sweating with you. <laughs> Have you started? Okay, you'll see a little yeah, sweat. Yeah, I'm starting to sweat. Starting to glisten. You're ripped, man. How the heck do you I stay in such ripped. good shape? You're, you know, you look great. You, you're like six weeks from like a, a show, a bodybuilding show. You look great. Well, I'm competing in jiu-jitsu tournament next week. Okay. okay. So it's good I'm in shape <laughs> because that creates all sorts of nerves. So mm. it's good to feel like I'm going into it right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You do jiu-jitsu. How long have you done this? So I started jiu-jitsu during COVID. Wow. I mean, it's not the healthiest thing, but at a studio with like, they blacked out all the windows. So, you know, I could just do one-on-ones okay. with me and the professor. But I've been doing it for almost three years. Okay. I used to do it once a year. And then the problem with jiu-jitsu is if you go to the wrong gym, it's like anything in life. Mm. If you don't go to something that teaches art mm. and instead you just go to a school where they're like, it's a job, mm -hmm. you can feel the difference. Mm. Got so it. everywhere else I went, it was like they're teaching me how to choke someone out day one. Whereas the place I'm at now, it's like, you're not even going to learn that for four months. Wow. You're going to learn how to move your body. Huh. Shift and change. And and yeah. I only do tournaments because I really don't enjoy it. <laughs> so you lean into what you I, enjoy. Yeah, that's it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's an emotional roller coaster. So huh. this will be my fourth one. Okay. You don't want to take this like professionally? Like, <laughs> or you, okay, just No, it's just like, fun and, and I didn't grow up fighting. So... Mm. I didn't grow up getting in fights. In fact, the only time I got in a fight growing up was uh, elementary school. Mm -hmm. And it was me. And I grew up in Orange County, so there's a lot of Mexicans in my school. Mm -hmm. And this little Mexican, half my size, mm -hmm. took the soccer ball, and I, like, ripped it out of his hands. Huh. And I pushed him, huh. and he pieced me up. Huh. I mean, he beat me up. Huh. I remember I was, like, crying to the lunch lady. So other than that, mm -hmm. before I learned jiu-jitsu, I would have scratched you. I know how to fight. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I not defend myself or anything, so mm. <laughs> it's been a good journey. Okay, yeah, okay, and and it's like this is like your your new passion. Right yeah, now? it keeps my it keeps my head real real on point, and mm. this tournament I'm doing it to reduce my ego. Okay, and to stop focusing on winning. Okay. 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 I want to get into that. Okay. But first, you know, yeah. first, thank you again for being here. You know, your work is so incredible. Been on TV shows, Doctor Phil. You work with celebrities, entrepreneurs, athletes, alcoholics, addicts. Mm. And you say it all comes down to being authentic, being mm -hmm. your authentic self. Who am I? Why is authenticity so important? Without knowing who we are, it's really hard to know what we want or how to get there. Mm -hmm. It's like a wacky compass. It's like you put the address in MapQuest and it sends you in a different area. So, And it <laughs> feels good. Right, We know when we're being ourselves mm -hmm. and it feels good. And when we can connect with another person who sees us as yeah. ourselves, yeah. it just feels good. Mm. And that's what I've come to learn is the reason people get addicted to drugs, for mm. example, mm. is they're chasing something that really isn't themselves. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, we live in a culture, though, that kind of... It reinforces that chasing something that's not ourselves, right? The word person, the Greek word comes mm. from, it means mask, persona, mm. meaning mask. You know, a lot of people say, oh, Mike, you're acting out of character, mm -hmm. right? So it seems like our 
culture perpetuates this inauthentic version of ourselves, you know, fake it till you make it. Mm. How do you transcend in the trans of the culture and become your authentic self? First, we got to pull out, you know, we got to pull out a bit. Mm. And I mean, the greatest teachers to us growing up is whoever raised us. Mm. And so we normally are imprinted mm. with their beliefs and their thoughts and their ideas. And then we start to resist it at different times, but then we're kind of reinforced that it's right. Or schools will tell us this mm. is the way to be. Mm. Sometimes we need to act out because we're like, this feels so inauthentic. I'm going to take it times 10. And sometimes we just keep our mouth shut. But at mm. some point in our lives, it starts to create suffering mm. and the suffering grows. Mm. And I've gone through it. We've yeah. all, you know, we've all, you, you've gone through it. Yeah, 100%. And what it's a journey. Story? Yeah, what was your journey? Because I know oh, you, you've gone through some shadows and, you know. Yeah, I was on the Hot Mess Express Okay. <laughs> when I was younger. You know, I went with, like, the homecoming queen and played basketball. And, I mean, I got addicted to drugs heavily. I also, like, I'm gay, and I didn't know anyone else that was. So I kept trying to be straight. Mm. And when you're gay and you try to be straight, it's really inauthentic yeah. and uncomfortable. Mm. So that was a bit of a journey. Mm. And then realizing it's okay. Even career-wise, you know, whenever we want to reinvent in our careers, we always have to go back to, like, who are we? And mm. our, the first book that I wrote, Best Self, you create a character. Mm. Yeah. And my character is a wizard. And that's why I have yeah. a wizard right here. Merlin, the staff. Right? Yeah, Merlin. <laughs> And I go back to, like, what would Merlin do? Mm. And Merlin has the characteristics of wise, compassionate, loving, mm. funny, mm. fearless. Mm. And I have to constantly remind myself. And the people I work with, I have to constantly remind them of who they are. Mm. Man, we could save a lot of time of suffering if we were really encouraged to be ourselves. Yeah. And taught. Yeah. Yeah. Your process. Okay. So not only what I've read in your book is like, you not only create the image of the best self, yeah. but also the anti-self. Yeah. Why the anti-self? For some people might think, okay, why, why give power to the shadow? All of us in our lives today have something that is bothering us or a pattern. And we can't seem to get out of the pattern. It could be playing video games too much. It could be sex. It could be, I mean, it could be whatever not going after that career we really want, not mm. moving to another country. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we add a little bit of humor and identify the character of the shadow, mm. it allows us to look at it with more compassion and understanding. Wow. Whereas if I just go, I'm in fear. Okay, I'm in fear. What do I do with it? If I'm like fear, fearful Freddy mm. and I create the character, I'm mm. like, no, let's bring Merlin into the wow. mix. Let's bring him up. So I find that it's a helpful exercise because it allows us to go, I'm not that. Mm. I'm better than that. Mm. And it's a great way to, to add a little bit of humor to those qualities we don't like about ourselves. Mm. And can we, well, I found one when we can add a little bit of humor. Mm. You know, I work in mental health, right? Mm -hmm. I deal with people in really dark places. Yeah. And the best way to shift someone mm. is crack a smile. Wow. It's the best way to start working with someone. Wow. If their facial expressions are like, they're not giving me anything. Yeah. I got to dig in a little. I yeah. got to figure it out. So interesting. Right? They're disarmed. You know, that, that, that. You laughter. got it. <laughs> if you ever, I know you 
so well studied, yet you keep it so real. But in your studies, have you ever gotten into, um, I know you, you know CBT, but the predecessor was REBT, Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy, a guy named Albert Ellis. Have yeah. you ever gotten into oh, his work? Oh, of course. Yeah, so he he talked all about how, you you know, if you're feeling an uncomfortable emotion, you make a song out of it, you know, bring some levity mm-hmm. um, to it, right? So yeah. things bring us down, gravity, but the levity can take us take us up. Right. I think that's why music is so healing for mm. so many people. I know even yesterday I was having a bit of a dark day. I'm like, I don't want to live in Los Angeles anymore. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, I'm seeing billboards instead of seeing the billboard as, oh, it's just an advertisement. I'm like, they're pushing their agenda yeah. on me, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like in my head <laughs> and I turn on a song and it, it shifts the mood, right? Wow. And there's so many great therapies out there today. Like you mentioned, REBT, there's DBT, there's CBT, there's you know, somatic work, there's being in a sauna. Mm, yeah. Speaking right? of sauna, because this is kind of a self-care. What are some of your self-care, like, things that you do? Mm, self-care things that I do. Yeah. Music. Music. I uh, spend time with friends, meditate. I love jujitsu. Mm. Uh, so I started doing that as self-care board games with friends. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. I mean... I don't think I've been in a place in my career where I was burnt out on my career. It was more like I was burnt out on myself, right? Wow. And and I think that as long as I sweat every day and as long as I call somebody I care about every day wow. and as long as I tell someone else when I'm struggling, hmm. I feel pretty cared for. Wow. Beautiful. You just simplified it. And it's so powerful. Those simple things are atomic, right? They have the mm. biggest effect, biggest impact. Let's go back to the self. I'm a big fan of not just Western science, but also the Eastern mystics, the Eastern philosophy. Yeah. And so, first of all, I love what you're saying about seeing the the shadow, you know, making a joke out of it. It takes it, like you said, from fear into a state of love. How can you show compassion to it? How can you bring Merlin into the mix? Right. I don't know if you're familiar with the Eastern, like the Hindu idea of the self, like they call it the Atman or the Brahman. Some Western scientists have talked about the self. Einstein talked about the illusion of the self. Hippocrates, the father of medicine, talked about there's one one self or one soul in different bodies. Mm. Schrodinger, you know, the guy, Schrodinger's cat, this physicist, he talked about in one of his books that, again, there's one spirit, one mind. And the illusion of separation is just that, an optical delusion. Mm. To sum it up, the Eastern idea of the self, that there's one self, that we are one. Mm. Have you contemplated that? Does that play a role into kind of your process? For me, when I'm working with someone, I just try to figure out what works for them. Mm. So I'll dabble in anything and everything to figure out, you know, what connects in their life right now. I think I'm like you, that I'm a searcher Mm. and I'm curious Yeah, and I'm always having different beliefs. Mm. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, the universe is going to bring it. And sometimes it's like, no, get your ass out and connect with people. Right. Like, yeah. And so I don't think anyone has it figured out. Mm. And I think it's about what works for you today. That's healthy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, I like to call it, what's your portal? 
yeah into that that peace that that authentic self correct yeah and it can change throughout life right it can change as we grow as we change as we evolve our portals can change this yeah yeah and it depends on what state of mind someone's in so if someone's clinically depressed they're not going to be in a state of mind where they're going to believe the universe is working for them so you got to have a different technique Mm. so it really depends Mm. on where somebody's at in their life from my experience of Mm. working with people Mm. i think the problem is when we try to put something on someone and make them wear a hat yeah. instead of being like, here's this hat, here's this hat. Hmm. How do you want to dress up? It's a loose garment, hmm. right? That's more my strategy whenever I'm working with someone. Got it, got it. And then understanding their culture and where they're from hmm. and because everyone's different and nobody is right. Everybody's different, nobody's right. Yeah, that's it, <laughs> that's it. Wow, they say there's one, one earth billions of worlds mm. billions of worlds crazy <laughs> so crazy mm. but i love how i was talking to you before this podcast started and i asked you about why you moved yeah and you just were like because it was just time mm. you got that feeling and you went with it and you could it actually sparked an inspiration in me a little bit where i was like oh yeah that makes sense like mm. you just got to go and i imagine that part of the reason you decided to go is it was more in alignment with where you felt like you were mm. in this phase. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody should should do an exercise I, I love, which is get a piece of paper, a blank sheet of paper, and write down a hundred things that you want to do, accomplish, mm. uh, achieve in your life, whether it's relationship, whether it's you know, I want to own a dog or, you know, I want to live in Egypt. Right. Write it on a list, write it down and see it and just check those off, you know, mm. check them off. And honestly, maybe we don't have time to get to all 100. I say, cut that 100 in half and do 50. Say, if you can only do 50 out of the 100, mm-hmm. what will it do? Okay, if I can only do 25 out of 50, what will it be? If I could do 10 out of the 20, and then you go five, and then three, and then one. And that one thing, right, is what you need to be doing every single day, mm. pushing it to that. You you have something similar with the one thing. You say one decision. One decision, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're always one decision away from bettering our lives. Mm. And we make over 25,000 decisions a day, which is crazy. The amount of times we think about anything, everything's a bit of a decision. Mm. That's what, what research says. I don't know. I'm mm. like, how they come up with that number? <laughs> it seems so high. It seems extreme. How many was it? 25,000 is what is what is said. Wow. But yeah, we're always one decision away from bettering our lives. And I really love assessments. So yeah. I love assessing our lives because often we're stuck because we believe one area is the problem, but it's mm. really another area. Mm. And until we can put pen to paper, so I created what's called the spheres. Yeah. It's simple. It's an acronym. And you just rate from one to 10. It's S-P-H-E-R-E-S. Mm-hmm. Just rate your social life from a one to 10, how in alignment it is with you being yourself. Then it's mm. your personal, mm. your health, mm. your education or how you're evolving, your relationships, mm. your employment, and your spiritual development. Mm. And then what I like to do is go, okay, let's look at the lowest number. Okay. Do you want to change it? Because sometimes we complain about things and we don't want to change it. Yeah. So yeah. I always say to people, do you want to change it? Then stop talking about it as a problem. <laughs> if you don't want to change it, let's go on to something else. And mm. usually they'll be like, because people don't want to uh, defeat themselves <laughs> when it's mm. pointed out. Mm. And so then I like to help them figure out, well, what is one decision you can make today? Because usually we are just one decision away mm. is what I've found. So there's a story that I read a long time ago. It's about a man visiting his best friend and his best friend had a dog 
So the man visits his best friend at his house. And it's a new house, so he's giving his friend the whole tour. Like, look at yeah. this, this is the master bedroom. This is the kitchen. The man, the friend, he sees the man's dog in the corner. The dog is kind of whimpering. Like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. what's going on with your dog? He's like, don't worry about that. He's he sit there. He, he loves mm. to sit there. That's his spot. He's like, isn't he in? Is it? Is he hurting? Is he in pain? I, yeah, he's he's actually laying on a nail. Mm. And he's like, well, why doesn't he get up and move? And he said, oh, man, because it's not hurting him bad enough yet. Mm. How do we help people to change that don't want to change, that don't want to get up off the nail? Does life have to hit them hard enough? Well, it depends on what it is, from my experience. But enabling people is different than helping someone. Hmm. And I think people get the two confused a lot. Mm. Enabling is allowing someone to continue in a self-destructive behavior and co-signing it. Helping Mm. is helping them reach a better place in their lives. Mm. It really depends on the circumstance. But I find that there's two things that motivate people to change. Emotional pain Mm. or pain, physical pain, spiritual pain. The nail needs to be deeper, Mm. right? Or consequences related to not changing. Those are the two motivators. And if we care about someone... And we're not allowing that to happen. We're just prolonging their suffering. Wow, that's wow, wow. That's been my experience. And that's dealing with people that are stubborn. Mm-hmm. You know, I love drug addicts. Mm-hmm. I love working with them. I love people who are really depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, I love getting in there. Mm-hmm. Because I find that you can see such quick change happen quickly mm-hmm. where their lights start to turn on. Mm-hmm. And they start to make a shift in their lives. Mm-hmm. And... I find those are the only two reasons people change. Wow. Physical or emotional? Yeah, yeah. like spiritual pain or <laughs> sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm, mm, you know? Okay, okay. How you feeling, by the way? This, Man, yeah. you are roasting me. You, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I must smell now. <laughs> No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you look good. good. I'm sure you're healthy. Oh, thanks, man. I, this is like a glow. There's nothing but electrolytes. This is this is nice. Yeah. Let's get some coconut water. Let's okay. get some water. Yeah, let's do that. Hydrate. Thank you. You're killing it. This Crush is sick, it. man. Love Thank this you. conversation. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. I feel naturally high from that sauna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel naturally high right now. I don't think I've been in an infrared sauna in years, and I don't know what shifted. But I feel high. And because I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic, I don't get to get high much. Okay. So we got a new addiction. <laughs> it's moving in. We got to get you one. Yeah, it's going to come in on a U-Haul. <laughs> so, um, but spirituality, you're asking what when we make decisions from a spiritual place. Mm. Well, I think spiritual place is the same thing as authentic place. Sure. It's, it's a place of who we are at our, at our soul. And I think when we're operating from a spiritual place, there's actually no negative existence in it. It just mm. is what it is. Mm. And I think we can get really confused with spirituality and religion. I think spirituality is your own journey in life mm. and coming to your own understanding of what you believe with it ever changing. Mm. Where I believe religion is this is what you're supposed to believe. Mm. This is how you should believe it. Mm. And... It's just a different journey. Wow. The purpose of religion, right? The the natural evolution of religion should be into spirituality, mm. but so many of us get caught in religion, in that system, 
which is basically another school system. Yeah, and I've, I found it's interesting. Any extreme community, and there's extremists in every community, yeah. I think is what creates greater harm to communities. So even in the recovery community, if somebody is in recovery from alcohol or drugs and they say, this is the only way, this is the, what you gotta do, this is how you must do it, if it becomes all these series of things, I think it's just, it's extreme and I, yeah. I think it doesn't leave room for your own journey. Mm. But it's scary to go on your own journey. How do you feel the fear and do it anyway? Ask for help. Uh -huh. mm. I think it's so important that we surround ourselves with people who see us, hear us, encourage us, want us to win. And I think it's incredibly difficult and to feel like we have to do it alone. Yeah. The interesting thing is I found so many people want to help us in life. We often go to the wrong people. But if we really lean into the right people, it allows us to really identify what we need to change in our lives and just get to it, you know? That's a good point. So it's funny because um, there's so many life coaches out there. Mm. You know, it's kind of a wild west. Everybody's kind of coaching on Instagram. Mm. And I think there's some good to it. But you said when you surround yourself with the right people, how does somebody find the right life coach? What makes somebody mm. a good life coach? Good life coach. Well, I mean how do you find a good coach in general, right? And I'm backtracking a little bit, but I always, it reminds me of when I went to high school and I played basketball and I went to this big high school called Modern Day. Mm. Big athletic school, always ranked top 25 in the country for high school basketball. Mm. And they took it very seriously, you know, go Monarchs. <laughs> and I had a coach uh, and he's still alive. And I can't tell you that I learned much about him. Like learned... He didn't make me a better person. Okay. There was fear of not doing the right thing, but I spent so much time with this coach and it would be so nice if I was able to be directed or coached towards being a better person yeah. on and off the court, uh, how to deal with emotions, uh, how to breathe. Someone that would really listen to me, someone that I could maybe bring something to that I was scared to be vulnerable around. Like to me, that makes up a good coach. And mm -hmm. these days you're right. There's a lot of coaches and how do you find someone that is appropriate? Mm. And I think, well, there's two types that I see out there. They're the ones that build the communities that they have. And some people really do well with the whole community aspect uh, in those coaching. You know, you may have one big coach and he has a community and, and people really love the community. Mm. Then there's the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I think it's really getting clear on what you want and finding someone that specializes in it. It's like the old saying, jack of all trades, master of none. Like yeah. there are certain things I'm garbage at coaching. Hmm. And I need to know that. But when someone needs a coach, in mental health, we call them vulnerable adults. Vulnerable adults. Yeah. Okay. That's why there's a lot of laws that protect patients. Life coaching business, there's no laws that protect patients. In the therapy world, there are. And therapists still break them, even with proper training. Huh. Wild things go on huh. in the clinical world, even yeah. with the right training. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So with a coach, you you know, part of it's asking for references, speaking to other people they've helped that paid the same thing you're going to pay. <laughs> I've never been a fan of somebody who needs retainers. My programs, for, this is my own belief. I know this, this goes against a lot of the coaching industry, but I don't think you need to sign up for six months of anything. Okay. I think you, if somebody's really good at what they do, you can go week to week. 
Wow. <laughs> There's this facade people build that go, well, now you need really need to make the commitment and stick through it and follow it out. But that's not necessarily true. Hmm. I think someone should be delivering a service that's really valuable and you may come in and out of it. Maybe it's a month, maybe it's a month coaching deal, but I think a six month or a year coaching thing mm -hmm. when you're in a vulnerable place is not the right. Then you um, think it's just, it's more of a business thing that coaches kind of set up in order. Yeah, to absolutely. I think I got labeled as this guy named coach Mike when I started doing television. Mm -hmm. I avoided that title of being a life coach mm -hmm. for a long time okay. because I was a counselor. I was an interventionist. And then I don't know, life Life is so big. Yeah, It felt a bit overwhelming to yeah. me. I mean, the consumer knows what it is, but to me, I, there's so many things I don't know about life. <laughs> like, yeah. it just felt really big. Yeah. But I think a lot of coaches out there, is, it's, it's a business, and a lot of coaches have built businesses on, this is my business coaching so I can help you with your business. That's not true. That's the big one, a lot mm. is like that. And there's some incredible people out there but you know, sometimes someone needs a therapist, sometimes someone needs a coach, sometimes someone just needs a friend, you know? I got together with a friend last night and there's this game my friend Liz Hernandez created called uh, Wordable. Her company's called Wordiful. And basically you pull out a question. It's a really deep question. Mm. Like how far would you travel for love? Or what is one thing that you would take back in your life? Or, you know, just That's really cool. good content. Cool. That's therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. And mm. sometimes we don't even need to hire. You know, we just need to start making it our lifestyle. Mm. That's the thing. You know, I look at, I love studying cultures around the world, right? Because what we face in the Western world isn't what people face elsewhere. So what the heck are they doing differently? Mm. And I mean, loneliness is an epidemic mm. here. But when you go to other countries, they call them blue zones where people live the longest, healthiest, happiest lives. It's community, you mm. know? They might drink more than average. They might be overweight, but it's like, how are they living so long? Mm. Well, because they have community. They've had the same friends when they're 90 as when they were nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, I, and I'm speaking of culture, community, and I asked you as we were getting out there, how did you end up with your name? Ah, yes. The name, Prince, Prince EA. Yeah, so I started off as a rapper. I always love words and how to use words to impact. And when you say start off, it was the first thing you did? It was the, not the first thing out of the womb, but it was like the first thing <laughs> that people knew me from. Right. <laughs> and I adopted the name Princier when I was still rapping. So how did the name come about? Well, I, um, I studied anthropology, and this discipline is the study of humans across time and space. And there's many different types of anthropologists, linguistic anthropologists, biological, cultural. Archaeology is a subdiscipline of anthropology. I've just been fascinated with people, with humans forever. And I got into this study and I started, I wanted to find out, okay, where do we come from? Where do human beings mm. come from? And well, it's, kind of, it's a consensus within the anthropological community. The first civilization known to man were the Sumerians. This is where modern-day Iraq is today. They went by many names, Babylon, Assyria, Mesopotamia. But this, the Sumerians were the first culture known. And I was like, wow, okay, this is about 6,000 years ago. I was fascinated with this culture. And, you know, looking into them a little more, they... They were pretty advanced right mm. out of the Stone Age. I mean, these people, they created the wheel. 
They put 360 degrees to a circle. They knew about all the planets in our solar system without a telescope. I'm like, how? How the heck did they know all of this? And so I was just so curious back then. So I look into it more and more. And some alternative anthropologists, they had like this theory about aliens, Hmm. aliens coming down, giving them this information. And actually, if you read the mythology of the Sumerian culture on the cuneiform tablets in which they wrote, by the way, they created the first written language as well. They didn't have this. They didn't come up with this. Hmm. They didn't originate it. They got this information from those who from the heavens came down. So I was curious. So I read more, 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 more about their mythology. And I come across this character named Inki or Prince Ie or Prince mm. Earth. And I start reading more and more about, about him. And I find out that he was the Sumerian creator god. And he actually freed the Sumerian people out of bondage, out of slavery. He didn't free them through violence, through revolution. He freed them through knowledge and wisdom. Mm. And so I took on the name a long time ago because through my art, through my music, spoken word, content, I hope to free people through knowledge and wisdom. That's the story. And that's where it started. That's and that's where you continue to do. It's just, it's a different uh, canvas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different canvas. And, you know, I, I think the name is, it just, here we are. I mean, I, I don't, I think a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. Who knows? I don't think I'm necessarily a reincarnated version of this character. Right. If it really happened. But yeah, it's 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 my mission. Would you say it's your best self when you are in Ooh. alignment with Ooh. switch turn the tables? I love it. Yeah, you know, I think so. Like you're like Merlin. I think yes, yeah, it's, it's the wise self. I think it's the it's when I'm empty completely of ego. When I when I created my best, most just viral, powerful content, I I used to say, if this was the last video I ever create, what am I going to say? And when I come at it with that framework, there's no ego, there's no capitalization, there's there's no marketing. It's just pure from the heart trying to reach the Mm. heart. And I think that's when I'm in my most creative, my most sensitive version, perhaps Mm. the highest self. How do you stay out of ego? Out of ego? In I'm a space, I'm sorry, I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna ask you that too because that was on my list. <laughs> in, in a space where it's you're doing viral videos and people know who you are, and there's an expectation, and yeah, like and to some degree, there's okay. Here's how much it's resonating with mm. the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. How do you stay out of ego? Yeah, I think there's a few a few different ways. It's a moment by moment thing. They say not even a 90-year-old guru is safe from his own thoughts. So for me, I realize enlightenment isn't some state that you retire in. It's only this moment. There's no like future, you know, where future self where you are just totally just free and no thought is penetrating your force field of conscious, supreme consciousness. It's only now. If it's Mm. not now, it's never going to happen. So the more I can stay present, then that's the less I have to deal with. Uh, mm. Right. Somebody said, make today a masterpiece. And I love that. But I took it one step further. I say, make this moment a masterpiece. How can you make this moment mm. now a masterpiece? And that's all you ever have to worry about. Mm. It makes it simple. Yeah. My favorite definition of ego, I think it was Wayne Dyer. He said, ego is edging God out. Oh, <laughs> you know this one. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, and God is love. 
I don't, you know, whatever we believe, it really comes down to love. So are you, and the opposite of love is fear, mm-hmm. right? So that fear vibration versus the love vibration. If you can stay in the love vibration, yeah. the ego can come and go as it pleases, but you are, you affirm. I love acronyms and, and mm. abbreviations. And sometimes when people say God out, there's a saying, you know, it's good orderly direction. Take God out then if you don't believe it. It's just good orderly direction. Good orderly direction. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> how do you tap in the good orderly direction? I mean, you know, life is, is is so interesting because it's in a lot of ways so simple, but then it's so complicated because everyone's different. That's what I've come to. Re- everyone ha- needs their own operating system that's going to work for them. Hmm. Yeah. Because some people are more introverted. Hmm. Some people are going to be way more eccentric and outward with their expression on a canvas. Some hmm. people it's going to be very behind the scenes. So... Hmm. I think deep down we know when something's, when we think about what's the right thing to do, meaning it's appropriate as a human being respecting another human being. Mm. Yeah, deep down. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we tap into that wisdom consciousness, that wisdom space. There's one, somehow something's coming up for me with you saying that. There's this, uh, I went through a course called the Silver Method not too long ago, maybe mm. a year ago. And there's this exercise you can do called the laboratory where you basically, have you heard of the Silva method? Mm-mm. So the Silva method was created by this guy, uh, Jose Silva, in order to first tap into alpha brain state and then pretty much answer any question that you have, be more efficient, optimal. It's pretty much, they say, that kind of the cheat code to the brain is the mm. Silva method. One practice in the Silva method is called the laboratory where you close your eyes, you get into alpha state, and it's a whole practice that you go through, but essentially it's you count down from three, two, one. And if anybody's listening to this while they're driving, don't do that. Hmm. Don't do this. But you count down in your mind when you're in a nice, quiet space, you count down three, two, one. And as you count down three, two, one, you see the number three, and then you see the number two, and then you see the number one, and then that takes you into alpha. So when you're in alpha, you imagine that you're in a laboratory. And this is your personal laboratory. You build it. You can construct it anywhere. You can construct it on the Mojave Desert. You can even put it on another planet. Mm. This is your personal laboratory. You can cure disease in this laboratory. You have all the technology, all the AI. So when you're in this laboratory, you have an elevator. And on this elevator, you can imagine anybody living or past coming up. Mm. And as they come up, you see the top of their head, you see their eyes, you see them come up. In your mind, you're doing this visualization, you see them come up. And when they're all the way up, say, if I wanted to talk to Albert Einstein Mm. to to figure out a question, I could see his hair and then see his eyes, see his nose, see his his whole body comes up and then I greet him. Mm. Say, hello, thank you for being here. And then I ask him whatever question that I have. And this method, I, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but it has definitely helped me to tap into, because it's not, it might not really be Albert Einstein coming up, but there's a, an infinite universal intelligence mm-hmm. that you already have within you yeah. that you can tap into. I like that. So it's a way, it's a way kind of like you just said, it's a way to find that, that understanding, that wisdom that you already have mm. deep within. It might be hidden, might be behind some clouds. Yeah. Yeah. It really requires sitting still i mean isn't that really where where so much comes from mm. sitting still <laughs> with a question or in with silence or 
try to get to a place of thinking nothing yeah. or visualize like everything kind of when we want to improve our life in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that has to do with answers to things it i find it's either that sitting still or it's sweating okay yeah yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true <laughs> mm. yeah it's funny it's funny yeah i mean to this day i don't feel that i've ever come up with anything original every idea i've ever had has come here i don't i didn't go out and find it it came mm. through me i don't take credit for anything and it's that that space that vibration of i think humility that can also give you a lot of peace because mm. the ego the ego wants oh i did this i, I hold up the trophy the ego did this mm-hmm. no it, it came to you from something else somewhere else yeah <laughs> yeah one question so i like looking at numbers and studies and there's a bunch of studies on the mental health of therapists of psychiatrists mm. and it's pretty poor mm. man you've traveled the world you've been with so many different types of people and like you said in the sauna depressed people how do you prevent that from depressing you mm. well i've had depression i don't think anyone gets into this profession who hasn't gotten through or overcoming some degree of suffering but you know i, th- I think in a lot of ways whether we're chosen to do certain things like i never would have expected i was going to do this in my career and i'm sure you never expected that this is where you would end up mm-hmm. right i never would have expected that people would be hiring me to speak for their companies mm-hmm. based upon my past or working with you know corporations like i would never think that mm-hmm. right and i still am like really <laughs> <laughs> really mm-hmm. and i may be a little different in this way i don't believe i have the answers and i don't believe i'm better than anyone else yeah and i get that from you you're so down to earth and you connect very well oh thanks yeah no and if you were a emotion you would be love Mm. that's what i was thinking (laughs) when i was changing i was like if he was an emotion he would be love (laughs) really that's the vibe you give Mm. and i think that we all go through tough periods in life all of us and sometimes we don't hit those tough periods because we have big distractions, whether it's having you know kids or, or change of jobs. And we often build our self-esteem through what we do yeah, or how people see us. And it becomes really tricky. How do we shift ourselves when we're really struggling? My thing is, so I grew up in a family with a lot of mental illness. So it's like, okay. grew up around it, struggled with it myself. You know, there was a period last year I was going to therapy a few times a week. There's a period last year I had a coach. There's some weeks I go to more recovery meetings. You know, instead of watching a movie with a friend last night, we're playing a game yeah. with deeper questions. Because so I know I need to do these things or it's a bigger pull. You know, it's a bigger struggle. When I start to view the world, I know for myself, when I get sucked into devaluing of people, places, or things, that's like a very quick go-to. When I start devaluing, Mm. even things that aren't right, even things that aren't right, when I start putting energy into things I can't control that aren't even right, Mm. that are horrible to see, that are horrible to see, but when I start creating stories and obsessing, Mm. I know for myself, Mike, you got to double down. Got it. Wow. That's like a trigger for me. Because that energy, I'm not changing the world. I'm not making a better place. I'm not bringing love into the situation. I'm not bringing solutions into it. And all I'm going to do is complain. 
And so for me, that's a trigger where I go, uh-oh. Wow. That's yeah. like my, and because I know what comes <laughs> next and then comes wow. next. And then all of a sudden I start isolating. Huh. And all of a sudden the people that even love me, the friendships, I start getting a little, mm, that was a little weird. Hmm. They're never asking me about me. Like, whereas before I don't even get, all of a sudden the ball rolls, right? The ball keeps rolling. And so I know I need that attitude of gratitude. I got to double down. Hmm. Have to. Hmm. It's hmm. a choice, but I must do that if I want to feel better hmm. because this is it. Like, I don't know, I could be reincarnated as a grizzly bear and maybe I'll really like the honey I come back to eat. Who knows, right? But like, this is it. Hmm. I'm 43. I'm not going to allow people, places, and things that I don't even like interfere with my own well-being. Mm, yes. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. And it's a trap. Social media is a giant trap to trigger our insecurities, our uprising, yeah. our this isn't fair. Yeah. And I know for me, I have to protect myself. So when you ask like what, you know, therapists or people, I don't know if everyone has the same, not today, you know, <laughs> I have that. I'm not going to allow this to get in my life. Mm, got it. There's this uh, psychotherapist, his name was Anthony DeMello. He, his whole thing, and I love it. It's like, it's like, don't change yourself, observe yourself. Mm. And you got into a place where you can observe that happening mm. first that observation mm -hmm. then allowed you to change it. How do you, I guess, how did you develop even seeing it? Cause most people don't see it. It's a work in progress. Like this, for me, that's my new, that's the thing it's grow or go. That's mm -hmm. what this woman told me when I was, for, I was a tech at a treatment center. I respect her, her name's Diane Poole. I looked at this woman like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've had in your life, you see certain people, especially younger in your career and you're like, wow. Whatever they say, I'm holding on to every word and every part of it. And Diane Poole said to me, she goes, Michael, mm. and she goes, no one even calls me Michael, besides <laughs> my family. Michael, it's grow or go. And that stuck with me. So oh. that's my evolution right now is going, uh-uh. Nope, I'm not gonna allow people, places, and things to negatively shift my own spiritual centeredness and love for life. I know I need to double down with the people that I love. Mm. Yes. Right? Love that. Love that. Love that. I want to play a quick game. Mm, I love games. Well, we got a, a few minutes left. This game is called The Five Best. Mm. It's kind of a rapid fire game. It's rapid. Best advice you ever got? The best advice I ever got is don't let people know that you don't like them. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It sounds weird. Unpack that one. I, okay. Don't let people know you don't like them. Hmm. It's hard as hell for me. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I feel like I'm like so readable. Mm. Like I'm very readable. So it's hard. Like it doesn't create anything good in my own life. Mm. Mm. Um, because otherwise I'm going to be condescending. I'm going to be so have an attitude. So true. The other is always make amends when you can. Mm. I still make amends. I've called an employee who stopped working for me seven years ago. I called her last week. Because I got her phone number and just said, look, I, I was younger in my career. I wasn't a good boss at times. Another piece of advice is, is see if you can always create a scenario where there's, if someone were to walk in the room, it's never awkward. Mm. I really like that. There's less paranoia in life. There's more freedom. Even if the person did me dirty, yeah. wow. I still try to make amends, clean mm. up my side. Beautiful. <laughs> it sounds awful, don't let people No, no. I, well, it reminds me, um, 
I know you practice jujitsu. There's yeah. this there's this guy. He was his name was George Thompson. He wrote a book called Verbal Judo, and it was all about you know using someone's energy, even if it's negative energy, against them into in a positive way, mm. in a way that you want to move them. And uh, yeah, that was one thing that he said because to let someone know that you don't like them is easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It feels good. And he's like, if it feels good, don't do it, right? <laughs> mm. And it won't serve you. And it won't, exactly. It'll create more more problems in our lives. Yeah. Because yeah. what do people do when they feel rejected yeah. or when they don't feel exactly. liked? Mm. They have a, it's the same reason why people will give Yelp reviews when they had a mm. bad, ex, it's much harder to get people who had a good experience to write reviews and yeah. people who had a bad experience. So true. So true. <laughs> Best investment you ever made? I would say Apple. <laughs> <laughs> well, we go that route. <laughs> no, I know. And I would you got say, early, huh? and I would say, uh, doing a ton of free work. I still do it. Wow! Like the first ten interventions I did, you know, I used to fly around the country whenever uh, someone was unwilling. I mean, I'm talking. I had the bulldogs that they were not going to go to treatment. No mm. one was going to tell them, and everyone was intimidated mm. to get good at my craft. I do it for free. Same thing with speaking. When I first started speaking, I would call around and ask groups if I could speak. And I still will do it from here and there if it's a new talk. Cool. So I think it's um, practicing, 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 and not feeling like entitled. The money comes later. Yeah, it's know? a byproduct of the service. Yeah. When was the best time in your life? Oh, man. God, life's such a roller coaster, right? Yeah. The best time. <laughs> I feel like I'm living it. Yeah. I I feel like even when there's down days, I'm living my best time right now. Yeah. Because again, I'm not gonna allow myself to have the worst time. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. Best book you ever read? Well, there's a book called An Unquiet Mind by uh K. Rafford Jameson. It's about bipolar disorder. Huh. And it gave me a a really good understanding of manic depressive disorder mm. and why people are chemically different yeah and it was just a really powerful book for me to read like mm. i've been trying to get her on my podcast forever like, <laughs> <I was> tracking <laughs> her down but it was a really it was a really powerful book and and i also like um i love terry brooks books which is fantasy uh, i love magical things mm. and there's a book called swords of shannara i really love being in fantasy yeah yeah same here same here <laughs> <laughs> You know, they say this, like, psychedelic experiences, you know, that you know, people take mushrooms uh -huh. or, like, DMT or something, pales in comparison to this world that we live in, mm. like, this magical place that, yep. we, that we live in every day. It is a fantasy. <laughs> it's all about changing that lens in which we view it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, the I can look at this thing, this plant, and be like, oh, it's a plant. Oh, it sticks up. Or I could be like... Where did that thing come from? And wow, those are cool colors. And wow, it kind of looks like a lizard. And like yeah. you can get into it or not. Yeah. And life is magical when we believe it's magical. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't life so much more enjoyable when we believe it? 100%. It's exciting. We feel like a little kid, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Last one. What's your best mental health practice? I got a few. Anonymous acts of kindness. Picking up trash. I mean, especially in LA, there's every opportunity for somebody to pick up a piece of trash. And if I'm really going extreme with anonymous acts of kindness, I'll even pick up someone else's poo, the dog poo when I walk yeah. my dog. Yeah, that's big. Okay. Yeah, that's like <laughs> when I'm really feeling like I'm doing the anonymous yeah. acts of kindness. But that's one is just feeling it creates some level of purpose. The other is calling people intentionally to ask how they're doing. 
hmm. and what's going on in their life. Wow. I mean, the power of journaling works. I mean, it's just so we can look back at our words and see where we were and that space that we were in. And being of service, the, the best way to feel better about our own lives, mm. the best is when we help other people. Yeah. And helping other people is free. Yeah. Helping other people doesn't require you to get a profession in helping people. Helping people can be mm. complimenting them, making them feel special. It could be looking somebody in the eyes mm. It could be when you check in at the gym and the person's at the front counter giving them a good vibe. Like that's all being of yeah. service to the world. Like, yeah. and I, I think that helps our mental health. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Because it it just it creates connection. I say you know pay somebody a small but specific compliment every day. Mm. It, it, you will feel better. Yeah. Just by doing that one small thing. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do the dog poop thing now, though, because that feels like it'll give me a lot of... Because uh, it's something you don't want to do. Of, yeah. I used to clean bathrooms. Okay. When I first got sober, that was my thing, as I would go into the bathroom, like, whenever I had to go, and then I'd see, like, it sounds so bad, but it'd be, like, random trash on the <laughs> ground, or bathrooms are always messy. Yeah. And so I would just literally pick up a piece of trash and, like, throw it out. Wow. Or leave a tip. I used to be one of those people at the coffee shop where I'd you know, leave a $2 tip. I'd make sure they see the $2 mm. going in. Mm. No. Just, just leave it. Leave it. Slide yeah. over. See, see what it's like yeah. to just know you're adding value yeah. to someone. And you don't need the recognition. You don't need the thank you. Yeah. You don't need the proof that no. the Instagram post. <laughs> but I use, oh, I can't. <laughs> people going into communities, showing themselves, giving money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, Mike, last question. This is it's going back to magic. Mm. So if you had a magic wand mm. that you could wave at the earth mm. and make a wish, tomorrow when you wake up, that wish would be granted. What would that wish be, the magic wand wish? Oh, boy, the magic wand wish? I mean, it's not even possible, so I guess that's why the magic wand wish, right? Mm. Yeah. The magic wand wish would be like everyone treat each other with love. Yeah. That's it. Like, it would just be so wonderful to, you know, it can become a little disheartening. Even when I walk my dog, mm. I, I'll sometimes intentionally be like, let me get eye contact. Let me say hello. Mm. Let me, for myself, selfishly. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. It's, you would think it would be really easy mm -hmm. to get eye contact <laughs> and smile. Mm. You got to work for it sometimes. So I wish <laughs> if I waved a magic wand, it was just like, it was there. Yeah. You know? Wow. Love that. Love that. We're so similar. I'm just, you, you're a Virgo, right? Yeah. Okay. You too? Yeah. I felt that. When's your birthday? 16th. 19th. 19th? Okay. Virgo. Yeah, here we Virgo's go. rule. Okay, so where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Sure. Grab your books. Where can yeah, yeah. So it's just Coach Mike Bear, Bear like aspirin, on all social media platforms. And then... Uh, have my books are on Amazon. I did the Audible for them, and the two books are uh, Best Self, Be You Only Better, and One Decision, The First Step to a Better Life. Beautiful. This was so enlightening. You really walk the talk. You carry it. I love what you're doing. I loved your energy the moment you walked in. This was so thanks, such a man. beautiful time. No, thank it's you. so amazing. Yeah, thank you for coming on the sauna sessions. Ah, uh, thanks for having me, man. My guy. Mm. My guy. Yes. <laughs>